Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the JRPG Report, episode 183. Today is September the 16th of 2021. I hope you guys are all having a fantastic day. Is hopefully where you're at. It's starting to get a little bit more like fall. We get out of the dreaded summer hot season. I know some of you guys like summer, but I'm much more of a cool weather type of guy, and that's hopefully coming much sooner for most. Uh, hopefully, all you guys are also enjoying Tales of Arise or another great JRPG, whatever it is. But uh, sit back and relax. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we've got uh, we've got news. <laughs> we've got opinions. And we've got rumors, so all kinds of fun stuff to get to in today. I had told you guys I was going to kind of give my first impressions of Tales of Arise. Um, I really don't have a ton to say. I'm only about seven hours into it, and you're like, dude, it's been out for a week. What have you been doing? We've been, uh, you know, as I mentioned last time, we we're, we're pretty busy with work this time of year. And so that's been taking a lot of my time, but uh, we've been dealing with some uh, stuff in the family here this past couple of weeks, not to get into too much detail. So not been a whole lot of time to devote to that or just exhaust at the end of the day and just want to go to bed. But I certainly, uh, I'm enjoying the game. It is beautiful to play. It's, there are, there are some changes. We knew there were changes. You could even tell that from the demo. There are some changes that... I think the thing that kind of takes me out of it the most of being a JRPG experience is honestly the camera angle where it's kind of got that behind the shoulder type look. And so when I play a game like that, I think of God of War or Resident Evil 4. And, you know, it's on those perspectives so that you can get straight into the action or the over the shoulder shooting mechanics. There's a reason, you know, that that camera is for those situations, whereas... JRPGs is kind of pulled back a little bit. You can see more of it. So there's a different experience. And I think a lot of it, honestly, is so that you can look for owls. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot easier to look for owls. Um, that's really cool the way you find all of them all over the place. I finally did get to partake in that little mini game version of it. That's pretty fun. But overall, it's a great game. There are some things that are kind of taking me out of the whole experience. Um, I feel like it's going away a little bit from JRPG uh, staples and tropes and going into more action RPG and even sometimes action. So you have the inclusion of a jump button. You can flat out jump and you can run. So that in itself are not JRPG things, right? And there was one point that, that kind of stuck with me is there was an item to get to. And in order to do that, not only did I have to jump, which is unusual. Now, granted, this is an action RPG, kind of, right? But I had to run and jump. So that's that sounds silly to say, right? But it's just not something that we're used to. Now, the things that this hits home really well on in the JRPG department, I really like the story. I think it's it's really well done. The voice acting is nice. It has all those tropes to it. The, the feel, the look of it, that that that's kind of that cell shaded, high definition look to it. There's lots of places to explore. There's items to gather. Um, one thing that I I mentioned before, the jails are not percentage based on how much HP or TP that they heal. 
Oh, I mentioned the, the CP gauge for healing. All those things are still present and kind of annoy me. One little trick I've always done in Tales games, and I'm sure longtime fans are as well, is whenever you get the leaves, right, um, that permanently boost your stats, I was kind of hoarded onto those because anytime you used one, you also got full HP. Eh, they took that out. And so that was just kind of one of those little game gimmick things that I'd always done and uh, something that I head on to. So now it just you just use it immediately and it's immediate stat boost. So I'm very much enjoying the game. There are a few things that I don't like that the game has done, but overall it's a very solid game and I'll be able to give a much more detailed opinion on it as I get more into it. And some of you guys are, are I'm sure, much further along than I am and can give a different opinion, but I can only speak for myself and I can't wait to play it more. I got to uh, the part where you get Renwell last night. So my party now has three people and I'm able to use her as a mage and I'm definitely enjoying that a little bit more as you can just kind of lay back and play the mage role. I wasn't loving the sword play of Alfin, just me personally. And I couldn't use Shion because if I'm sitting there blasting people, then I also have to heal, which um, <laughs> I don't want to have that role necessarily. So it's all on how you want to play. Now, it's nice that you can pick whatever character you want and go from that aspect of it. That One other thing that's kind of irksome is there's only three buttons that you can assign for normal attacks, and there's three that you can do for air attacks. So that kind of limits your strategy in a lot of ways. You've got to really pick and choose which ones you want to use. So... Overall, I think they did a great job, but I think it's all these little, like, minute little things that are kind of holding me back from truly loving it. But I want to give it some more time and see where it goes. The story's really cool so far. I'm enjoying that part of it. So we'll have to wait and see how much more it develops in the areas that it goes to. I got another little thing I want to talk about um, with Tales, but we're going to save that towards the uh, the end of the kind of the opinion piece of it. We'll do that at the end of the podcast. This is one of those jam-packed episodes I didn't really know where to start with, so I thought I'd go where um, with a thumbnail, something that excited me and I liked. But uh, let's quickly, let's do some bookkeeping here with Tales of Arise. It has already surpassed 1 million units sold, so in less than a week. Now, granted, a worldwide release will do that pretty quickly. It is the fastest-selling title so far of the franchise. And coincidentally, they also hit the 25 million mark for the Tales of series. So kind of cool uh, milestone to reach. It's certainly not the Pokemon and, and Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest levels, but pretty high up there and pretty impressive to say the least. Kind of piggybacking on that, they said that Tales of Berseria has now surpassed 2 million units sold. Pretty good. If you not picked that one up, I highly recommend it. As You can you can catch it on sale all the time. You can catch this one on sale a lot too. And that is uh, total sales have reached 1.5 million for Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition. Um, so if you combine this one with the original releases of it on 360 and uh, PS3 in Japan... It has now surpassed 2.8 
million units sold. I think I read Symphonia is still the best-selling one. Although, if you add those two together, that might be the highest one. But, I don't know. You've got multiple versions of Symphonia, too. So, I guess they could do it <laughs> uh, that way as well. Last thing of Tales, just saying quickly that there will be a first official live stream for Tales of Luminaria on September the 24th at 1200 Japan Central Time. You'll be able to watch it. On YouTube, the broadcast will feature all sorts of information about the newly announced mobile RPG, including details about its world and characters. So that's what the 24th, not next week, but we'll have some whatever they talk about. We'll talk about on our next podcast. But yeah, what excited me the most, and you see your thumbnail for today's podcast, is the return of Ren Bright. Yes, beloved character in the Trails of series. Well, we saw a couple weeks ago that screenshot. We're like, is that Ren? Is that really her? It is her. It is. And that's a definitely a good thing. There was four characters that they talked about before Kuro Nokoseki's release uh, in Japan here. Not too much longer. So first on Ren, she is now 17. And she is the school council president. A second year exchange student who attends... Aramis High School. She is the invincible president of the school council, can handle any situation with ease, obviously. She used to be an exchange student from uh, Genesis Royal Academy, and uh, she has come to the Republic in the spring of the year 1208. I believe that would be since so she's been there about a year. She met Agnes, one of the main characters, immediately as she came to the Republic, and since the rooms are right next to each other, they have become naturally close. Although she is making impressive results as school council president, she seems to have different reasons for coming to the Republic. One of the screenshots does show her with her trademark scythe in some sort of battle situation. I I do get the feeling that, we, you know, we saw Zen as well uh, in battle ready form. I think you're going to have your main cast of these new characters and that's your party, right? And then you're going to have returning characters lend you their strength for certain missions. So if I had to guess, that's what I'm going with. I'm sure we'll learn very soon as it's about to get released in Japan. Um, not to be confused with Zen, we have Yin making a return. And uh, she is now 21 years old. I don't know what happened <laughs> in... Uh, oh gosh, I'm getting my titles all confused. But the next Trails game that we're going to get, um, Trails from the beginning, uh, this character is Rixia Mao from Crossbell. She's going by Yin, and like I said, I don't know all the details. Like I didn't play the Crossbell series of games either, but I can only tell you what this article is saying. She is back and now sporting a face uh, guard of some sort, so you cannot see her eyes or nose, but same clothing, same um, <laughs> level of skin shown, so it's definitely her. Uh, she is the legendary assassin nicknamed the Shadow of the Easterner Corner. She has always covered her face with a mask and wields a demon-slaying sword larger than her own body. Again, yeah, that's, that's her. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to see exactly what has happened in the games uh, to lead up to this point, but we will see 
in a few years, I guess. Uh, I'd mentioned one of the Ouroboros members that showed up that was wearing kind of the purple long coat, and we didn't know who he was. Well, we do now. He is Elroy Harwood, the Oathbreaker, and he is the fourth Anglus of Ouroboros, who crowns the title Thousand Oathbreaker. He uses a mysterious power that can rot away even demons in purgatory. Looks like a strong, strong person. Like I say, definitely has more than a passing resemblance of Victor Arsade, but is definitely not him, obviously. But, you know, similar age as well, so that's probably why I thought they looked similar. The last person they talked about is called Gerald Dantis. He is 35, and he is the boss of the mafia organization Armata. He commands an, with an overwhelming aura that feels as though he can make anyone obey him. This is a uh, a classic <laughs> video game character, uh, a well-dressed individual, and has the uh, you know pants and suit and jacket and everything. And then he has the overcoat over it, but his arms are not in the sleeves of the coat, so he's just looking all cool, right? And and what. <laughs> In one screenshot, it shows him wielding his sword, and the coat is, like, flying up in the air behind him, but somehow still staying on his shoulder. So I, I'm guessing he has him, like, taped to his suit or something like that. But, yeah, that that doesn't work. Your, your, your coat's going to go flying off you the moment that you do anything, let alone go into battle. Uh, the Legend of Heroes, Kronokoseki, is due out for PlayStation 4 on September 30th in Japan. And sometime never here in the West will be, I don't know, we, we may be playing PlayStation 6 by the time this thing finally pops up. They are doing a free DLC 40th anniversary thank you mega box in Japan to commemorate, uh, con- commemorate this announcement and game release. It's going to be available from the release on September 30th until Halloween going to have some limited time uh looks like they've got some swimsuit options no jrpg will be complete without swimsuits free to go into battle in because that makes sense as if skimpy armor wasn't bad enough just go with your swimsuit that's that's fine there's also the uh four springing limited costumes for all for four characters for van agnes fairy and aaron um kinda, and there's the images all of course showing off all them. Uh, They're kind of taking a page out of the tails category. There is the white rabbit ears and tail attachment. Always fun to throw those on people. The animal transportation, the dog attachment. So you kind of get the fluffy ears and the cute little dog tail. There's a fox one for fox ears and tail. And for some reason, there's cow ears and tail. (laughs) Why would you want to do that? Uh, another odd DLC, there's a sun visor. So if you want to make yourself look like a golfer, um, there are new metal covers for your Exilia, kind of like, you know, the, the phone cover type things with, with each character on there. There's a 40 years cover as well. This one's kind of cool. You can change the holocore voice to Ren's voice, which is really, I think that's really cool. Instead of the uh, default one, you can change it to hers, and then there's a boost pack that you get free for limited time, which includes two quarts and three accessories. So maybe when we finally do get this in the West, we'll get some love and get the free DLC as well. Let's take a quick moment and read a listener 
review. This comes from our friend Man Thing, and keep in mind if you leave a podcast review on Apple, I I guess it's on the iTunes Store, on the App Store, whatever you leave your <laughs> reviews on on the on the uh, podcast. That's how you would do it. I can find it on Apple very easily, and would be happy to read it on air to let everybody know. Man Thing says, I found the podcast a while ago on YouTube. It's perfect for people like myself who want to be informed, but not consumed in social media trying to find information. There isn't a thing I have not liked about any of these. The biggest draw outside of it being my personal favorite genre is simple. He doesn't bring drama and is positive. Two things that are, are a must for me. That's, I mean, I try not to do that. It's <laughs> Sometimes it's hard not to be bitter and resentful about some things. And uh, why not be positive? We, we always need to be a little positive in life, don't we? Uh, on to the news. Let's see. A game I'm getting more and more excited about. Uh, it looks a little dark for my tastes at times, but I'm getting kind of excited, especially after this newest trailer for Monarch. They're calling this the Allies trailer. And uh, so they're going to show off the members of the party. But the thing that I like about this trailer is it's from NIS America and actually has English voice acting in it. Wow, what a what a novel concept. It, this was actually, you know, I went back and looked and it did mention, if you recall, that Cloud Leopard Entertainment was going to have, uh, what they say? Is confirmed that both English voices and subtitles will be added to the game at a later date via a free update, suggesting that Western up you know release for it. But we hadn't seen it yet. Of course, this thing's not out in Japan yet either. So, the fact that we actually have a trailer with English voice acting and it's pretty good. I, it's it's not cheesy. It's it's well done. So, um, I invite you to head over to our YouTube channel and check that out. I don't think you will be disappointed at all. This is from uh, publisher Fiyu Ryu and Lynn Cars Developed RPG. This kind of has some of the Persona feel to it, the original Persona team. They ask, how far will you go to save the ones you love? Could you face the threats that surround you? Could you face yourself? Your world is plunged into madness when a mysterious and deadly mist surrounds Shin Mikado Academy. In order to save your friends, you enter the other world, a demon-filled dimension beyond the real world. Within this enigmatic realm, you must learn to harness your authority of vanity to conjure a battalion of fiends whose power comes from the ego of their master. Key features, you descend into darkness, jump between exploring the mist of the real world and fighting within the overworld. Call upon allies, fight the enemies, and unravel mysteries surrounding your academy. We save the world or go mad and destroy yourself. Dive into a dark realm where reality and the self collide. The mysterious worlds you explore are brought to life in a surreal, dark neo-fantasy style with intricate character designs and invocations. <laughs> uh, yeah, intricate character designs. Strengthen your ego and customize the appearance and abilities of your, friend, your fiends. Not your friends, your fiends. Unlock different fiends to command in battle and use the free-form tactical system to position your units and unleashed destruction upon your enemies. I thought they were kind of going off the uh, seven deadly sins, uh, and because as I mentioned, this your the main character is just title protagonist. So I guess it's going to be you. You're going to be able to input your name. Not sure if it's going to be a male or f it's a male in these trailers. I don't know if you'll have a female option as well. But yeah, if you heard me say it, you are vanity. 
And then what were some of the... Uh, see, I'm looking at the trailer right now. The other ones, uh, Gluttony was one. So there you go. It's another one. But then Hope is another one. And I don't remember Hope being <laughs> a deadly sin. But then there's Sloth. So yeah, there. I mean, there was three of the four... But then, yeah, Hope kind of kind of threw it all off. The music is incredible, at least for the what we've seen so far. It looks pretty awesome. This game is shaping up to be something, and it could be kind of special. It comes out for PS5, PS4, and Switch on October 14th in Japan. We are going to get it early 2022, along with its PC release. So we'll keep an eye on this one. Like I said... I'd kind of been interested about it. A lot of these games, if they're going to do an English dub, all the better, but at least have like English subtitles so I know what's going on. These kind of borderline games for me of if I want to get excited or not, once I can hear or see and read something that I understand, it kind of changes things for me. I don't know if that does it for you as well, but certainly makes it... A lot more interesting. Uh, we'll get into some more E3. E3, good grief. Some more <laughs> pre-Tokyo game show lineups and news when we come back. This is typically the spot where you hear an ad that for a product that you do not want or care about, but you're listening to a podcast and you don't have a choice. I'm not going to do that to you. Join the growing list of supporters of this podcast, you can do so either through Patreon, the link is below, you can do it directly through the Anchor app, which you are listening to this via, or we even take PayPal donations at jamesfisherproductions at gmail.com. So be a cool person, support the podcast financially, that just makes it remain ad-free. Uh, we got some interesting news. So if you recall... Um, I said we were talking about Koei Tecmo's TGS online program, and there was, uh, you know, blah, 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 and then <laughs> mystery title. No, they weren't blah, blah, blahs. That just sounds terrible. Um, there was a couple of things we, we knew they were going to be talking about, but then there was things that we didn't know. One of them was that mystery title, and... Maybe we know what that is now. I was hopeful with Atelier Riser 3, and maybe it still is. However, in Australia, we you know, we get these game readings that come out. Sometimes they turn out to be true, sometimes not. But at least in, Japan, in Australia, they have rated the game Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream. Hmm. That's... That's interesting. So, is it going to happen? We don't know. We will know uh, in a couple weeks at Tokyo Game Show. But it's, it's certainly an interesting possibility. It does seem to be logical. We know the timing of an unannounced title coming. And they usually don't rate these things in countries for no reason. Uh, the original Sof uh, to the SOFI, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Book... Uh, first came out a while ago. It was in November of 2015. PC got it uh, a couple years later. And then the DX version of it just got released. So maybe they got some feedback that that was like the most popular one. Maybe Rise of Three is not yet ready. Um, 
Maybe they can just kind of dust this system off, put a, a new you know, coat of paint on it and, and make it for, for PlayStation 4, and maybe Rise is making the leap to 5. I, like I said, that's pure speculation. I don't really know, but we'll wait and see if that's true. That would be interesting, to say the least. Um, Sega uh, announced <laughs> that at their official live screen, which was previously just called the Sega slash Atlas TBA, it's now the Sega News Tokyo Game Show 2021 special. Um, here's what they said description officially reads. The Tokyo Game Show 2021 online special for Sega News, Sega's Game News Variety Program, featuring information from the latest titles from Sega and Atlas. Here we go. Please look forward to the announcement of a new Sega RPG. This is going to go on at, on October the 1st at 2200 Japan Central Time. A new one. Does that mean it is a brand new announcement of a game we never heard of? Is it finally the reveal of Project ReFantasy and its new name? That's my fingers crossed. That's what I want. I don't necessarily think it's going to be Persona 6. I I think, based on what we heard, what they're hiring for, remember? We talked about that. You're, you're going to get thrown into the Persona team. You're going to get thrown into the Shin Megami Tensei team or into the Project ReFantasy and other titles once. So, and, and hopefully it's not another mobile RPG, right? <laughs> uh, it could be. It, it could be or Sakura Wars or or something else. You just you never quite know. Hopefully it's not, I I don't think it's going to be a fantasy star title as they kind of you know got that all tied up with New Genesis. So we'll find out. It's always fun to speculate about, but I guess we'll just wait and see. We uh, we talked previously about um, we didn't know what was going to be in the Square Enix lineup. Well. We do now, and I don't know if it's going to be anything that you really want to get too excited about. But let's just go through it nonetheless. Uh, first up, we have Collection of Saga, the Final Fantasy Legend. We talked about that previously. Deep Insanity Asylum, which is a PC game and uh, mobile as well. Uh, we're not getting either one of these for Dragon Quest X Offline and Dragon Quest X Online. Japan only. Um... Uh, Two mobile games, Final Fantasy Breaks, Brave Exvius, although they got that listed as PC as well. I didn't know that. And Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, not the Final Fantasy VII game that we want. A little surprised that they don't have anything about the um, the mobile version of VII that I was at least kind of interested in. Um, Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> um, Imperial Saga Eclipse. Another smartphone one. Guardians of the Galaxy, we figured that would be there. Now, Project Triangle F Strategy is going to be there. We've not seen that in a while, so it's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. Romancing Saga Reuniverse. Uh, War of the Visions, Bra Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Oh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin is going to be there. Not sure how you feel about that one. I don't really, don't really care. Now, a game I do kind of care about, this was at the uh, PlayStation Showcase last week, which I almost forgot about, and then just kind of ran in to see. Not a JRPG, but Forspoken is going to be there. After seeing that new trailer, 
and the engine that's involved, it is, I mean, it's pretty much a pure, it's almost action. It does have, I think, some RPG elements in it, but I'm interested in actually just playing that because we do play non-JRPGs. It's okay, at least is kind of inspired by those type of games. So that's the lineup, guys. <laughs> we knew Dragon Quest Twelve wasn't going to be there. I really was hoping one of the two Final Fantasies would be there. Maybe they're just going to kind of surprise everybody with it, but it doesn't seem that likely. Uh, the last one that I have news for is Bandai Nimco announced their live stream schedule. It's going to start off with Idolmaster Starlit Season on October the 1st. Um, we talked about this one last week, the, the the game that's called That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, Isekia Memories News Festival, Tokyo Game Show 2021 online special. <laughs> so this will be an introduction to the mobile game, Dragon Ball Fighters Z World Championship. There is a Sword Art Online special stage. The latest information on the series, from the original work to the anime and games, including the October do movie Sword Art Online Progressive Aria of a Starless Night. That might be a Japan only type of deal. Uh, finally, there will be the Tales of Arise and Tales of the Minaria Tokyo Game Show Online special. Special information about Arise and the Minaria. We'll wait and see. Um, that's on October 3rd to kind of round out the end of it. So we'll, there you go. I have kind of this feeling like there's not going to be that much new announced, maybe just stuff that we already kind of know since last year was so weird. Maybe they're trying to get back to a little bit more normal, but this is it's online only pretty much. So we'll just have to wait and see. I'm always excited about Tokyo Game Show. There will be announcements we don't know about. We'll just have to wait and see what they are here in just two more weeks. Got two stories on how to make your gaming experience a little bit better. Two updates. First to the PlayStation 5, the September update. Added a Control Center customization option. You, you, uh, players can now customize by more and move more freely by rearranging and choosing which controls to hide and unhide at the bottom of the screen. An enhanced game base. Players can now easily view and write messages to friends and parties directly from the game base in the Control Center. That's very helpful. Um, when viewing the game base in full screen, players can also see how many of their friends are online, busy, or offline. There's game library and home screen updates. If you have PlayStation 4 and 5 version of the same game installed, they now appear separately in the installed tab. A big thing that, uh, where are they talking about this? The 3D audio support for built-in TV speakers. I have no idea how they've done this. But um, they add support for players to experience 3D audio through their built-in TV speakers. Once enabled in the sound menu, this feature transforms two standard will transform standard two-channel TV speaker audio into three-dimensional sound, heightening the sense of gameplay immersion. Players can measure the acoustics of their room using the microphone on their DualSense wireless controller and apply the 3D audio setting that's optimized for the room. 3D audio via compatible headsets on PS5 have been a popular feature among fans and developers. They are thrilled to bring this to TVs. So that's cool. They also uh, added the M.2 SDD storage expansion. There's a lot of technical diff, uh, details on that, so you'll want to um, <laughs> make sure you got all that under control before you start picking that. you got to get exactly the right one, okay? Don't, don't 
buy the wrong one and be stuck with it. Uh, PlayStation app, remote apps have been updated. You view the share screen broadcast on the PlayStation app. There's even uh, some more things that you can check out the entire list, but that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the big thing. That 3D audio for TV. I, I haven't experienced that one yet, but I cannot wait to see how that works. Uh, the Switch <laughs> got software update 13, and um, among other things, there's there's a bunch of uh, things. Let's see the Method to initiate to calibrate control sticks was changed. Um, I don't think it still fixes them. I've been dealing with control drift, stick drift for a while, and nothing seems to work. Um, they added Bluetooth audio support. <laughs> so now headphones, earbuds, speakers, and other audio devices that connect to Bluetooth cannot be paired with the switch or output. Bluetooth microphones are not supported. Up to two compatible wireless controllers can be connected while using Bluetooth. Um, thanks, Switch. How have you not been able to do this from the get-go? Like, I, I can't... If, if that feature was built into the system, I don't see how it could have been updated via just an update. It seems like they just kind of allowed it. And, you know, Bluetooth's been around for a while. There was <laughs> there was a funny meme that popped up. It was like, uh, congratulations, Switch. Welcome to 2011. <laughs> Bluetooth support, but I mean, it's cool. Like the last thing you want to do is have a wire running from your switch to your, to your ears. So now you can finally enjoy some convenience to it. Definitely, um, definitely a good thing. So there's some new ways to enjoy your, uh, experience. Uh, speaking, we were talking about the, um, PlayStation. What would, did they call that? No, I can't. PlayStation Showcase. So not a lot of JRPG stuff in there. We talked briefly about the Forspoken. I'm excited about that. The other one that I think looks really cool and it's kind of it's obviously very Japanese influenced is that Project Eve, but it looks to be just a straight up uh, action, maybe some light uh, RPG elements to it as well. But it looks really impressive, really sick looking. Um, it's going to be a PlayStation Five game. It was supposed to be PS4, Xbox One, and PC, but those are no longer mentioned on its official website. Uh, when asked about it, the, let's see, the art, uh, the director said it describes the game as a single-player game currently developed for PlayStation Five. So I don't know if maybe they said, you know what, that needs to be our game, and uh, <laughs> maybe it is. If you saw that showcase, so obviously you're going to be excited about Spider-Man Two. Coming to PS5. Uh, the Knights of the Old Republic Star Wars remake. I never played those games. So I, I'm pretty excited about that one. The new Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, Insomniac is breaking a Wolverine. Uh, kind of open world game. That could be pretty incredible. We finally got a first full trailer though for God of War Ragnarok. And it did not disappoint as a long time and you know me i've been playing games for a while so i've been i've been with god of war since <laughs> there was no subtitle it was just called god of war i'm very excited to see that one come to fruition it was we didn't anticipate any jrpg stuff coming out of it and in fact there was none if you want to stay up to date on all the things that we are talking about on a day-to-day -day basis you'll want to 
Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like there. Follow us on Twitter. And, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel, JRPG Report. And you'll get to see all the trailers that we talk about on a day-to-day basis on the podcast. Uh, Hexa Drives. You probably don't know what that is, but they are an independent game developer, which is going to be working with Square Enix on Dragon Quest Twelve. They opened the recruitment page for it. So, not that surprising <laughs> if they're going to be helping out that they would be doing that, but it's official. It, the game was announced back in May, so right now they are looking for game designers, programmers, and environmental artists to work on the upcoming Dragon Quest game. No real news about it other than, hey, it's in development and there's somebody that's going to be uh, working on it. Don't know if there's going to be how JRPG is going to be, but Compile Heart is going to be working on a new Azure Lane console game. Uh, there's already uh, one coming out called Azure Lane Crosswave. This is going to be one after that, that they spin off of the mobile games. And we'll just have to wait and see if it is something worth talking about. Don't know at this point. Speaking of mobile type games, there's one that's called Heaven Burns Red. It's now opened up pre-registration. I believe this is just in Japan. I'm not sure if this is on um, in Western audiences yet or not. It is a, a dramatic RPG. There was a new trailer that came out for it. You can take a look at it. Heaven Burns Red is the story of a group of girls pinned as the world's last hope. Written by Keys Jun Mada. Run around fields and experience a priceless everyday life while fighting to survive in this dramatic RPG. Uh, this are the same people that did the uh, another Eden mobile RPG, which is actually pretty well done, and um, I enjoyed that one. There's a total of 50 voice actors for the game. You can run around high-quality fields and experience the character's priceless everyday life. Exhilarating command battles with simple controls where cooperation between characters is key. It's due out in Japan this year. No word on a Western announcement just yet, but it could be one to kind of keep half an eye on if it does decide to come to the West. Scarlet Nexus will have patch number 1.03. Includes camera options and the aim assist. Um, I don't know how. (laughs) It's uh, just saying... uh, Incoming features larger font size, camera distance, aim assist, and more. Uh, there you go. So if you've been dealing with those type of issues, you can <laughs> expect a patch. Let's see, when is that supposed to go? doesn't actually say when. Um, an exact, oh, exact release date is not available for it just yet, but it is, uh, it's coming. So let's talk about... Uh, we've got two things left. We've got opinion <laughs> and rumors. Let's go to rumors. So this uh, NVIDIA database leak, right? This happened not, uh, when did this happen? Two days, three days ago. Um, GeForce Now database that occurred. This massive list of games, of uh, titles that many believed would be potential PC releases got out there. It has been since been retracted um, about the list, NVIDIA responded by saying NVIDIA is aware of unauthorized published game list with both realized and 
speculative titles used only for internal tracking and testing. Inclusion on the list is neither confirmation nor an announcement of any game. NVIDIA took immediate action uh, to remove access to the list, and they say no personal information was uh, disclosed. So right there, they kind of... This could be kind of like a placeholder type of deal. Obviously, these are this is for PC with GeForce. So in NVIDIA, just kind of like, mm, we'll just have to see. But let's just let's go down the list because if half of these are true, <laughs> they're pretty big. So we know about the Alan Wake remastered, okay? That's, that's a thing. Uh, one called Avowed. Uh, the Batman Arkham Knight remaster, Batman City Builder, Bayonetta 3, which is, as far as I know, a Switch exclusive, uh, Bioshock 2022, the Bioshock RTX remastered. I'm going to go through the ones not JRPG that we'll talk about a little bit more later. Crisis 4, Death Stranding, Demon Souls, Dragon Age 4, makes sense, Earth Defense Force 4, Fable 4, Fightful Middle Earth, I guess that's the Lord of the Rings one. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So we know this is coming to PC and um, Xbox One at some point. It makes sense that it's going to be on here. Final Fantasy XVI. While it's a PlayStation 5 game, keep in mind, what did it say on that first trailer? This is developed on PC, <laughs> using PC software and graphics. So there you go. Forza Motorsport 8, Gear 6. Ghost of Tsushima, which is interesting, but it makes sense. Goat Simulator 2, uh, God of War, interesting as well. Uh, not outside the realm of possibility since Horizon is on PC as well. Grand Turismo 7, which we just saw at the PlayStation Showcase. Uh, these have been rumored for a while. The Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas, and this has got Liberty City Stories as well remastered. That just makes complete sense that they're actually going to do those. Half-Life 2, Halo 5. Helldivers 2, Homefront, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. First one's on PC. Why win this one eventually? Humans Fall Flat 2, Indiana Jones, uh, Injustice 3, Judgment, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, Metro Next, Mirror's Edge, um, Mist Remaster, new strategy game, and then it says Square Enix. Could be Project Triangle Strategy, right? That would make sense. Payday 3, Ratchet & Clank? Uh, that's interesting that uh, Insomniac would, would do that, but we'll see. Resident Evil 4 Remake, Returnal, Sackboy, so it sounds like a lot of Sony titles possibly getting on here. Sniper Elite 4, Stalker Android, System Stock 3, Tekken 8, Test Drive Unlimited 3, a Tom Splitters 2 Remastered, that was back in the day when I played first-person shooters for a minute. <laughs> Talos Principle 2, Tomb Raider 25th Anniversary, Total War 9, Tropico Next, Unannounced Dungeon Tactics Game, Unannounced Title by Square Enix, Unannounced Card Game 2, so there's some uh, uh, garbage in here, of course. Uh, Worms Next, XCOM 3. The uh, JRPG ones to pay attention to, Monster Hunter 6. So I guess they don't even have a an official title for it yet, but maybe just a placeholder for will be a new uh <laughs> you know a new monster hunter game will come at some point in time dragon's dogma 2 that's been rumored for a while but nothing concrete whatsoever 
that would be interesting, and I think it's something that needs to be done. The big, big two, Kingdom Hearts 4, which if you played 3, you would if I if if you said okay I, that kind of felt like they wrapped up the first three the Sora arc right that could have wrapped up with that one Kingdom Hearts if there was another one it wouldn't be necessarily called for it would be you know a new beginning of some sorts but maybe it's just, like I said a placeholder of the next Kingdom Hearts game now the one that's got everybody up in a tizzy and including Hans who sent me this original. Um, <laughs> article is what is called Chrono Cross Remastered. And that sends up all sorts of <laughs> red flags and warning signs. And oh no, not, you know, uh, a Chrono Cross re, you know, just a port of it, but an actual remaster. We'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one, won't we? That I I just don't I just don't know. Final Fantasy Seven remake. They actually said part two was on there as well. Teases teases that possibility. Um, what do you think now? Chrono Cross. I think some people get the wrong idea that I, I didn't care for that game. I love Chrono Cross. It is a great. Great game. It's just not Chrono Trigger for me. Okay, <laughs> you, you, you're comparing it to the goat. You're always going to come up second fiddle. You know, however good you are as a quarterback, you're not as good as Brady is. At least all time numbers, whatever. Um, a remaster of Cross absolutely needs to happen, right? I, we've said this time and time again. PS One games need to be not just remade, but actually remastered. Use the exact story. Don't change anything. <laughs> Just use up-to-date graphics and engines. Copy and paste and go from there. I would love to see that. And I think a lot of people would love to see PlayStation 1 games, Legend of Dragoons, Your Chrono Cross, a lot of titles that deserve that treatment that can't be remade, okay? Or, I mean, can't be just remastered. They really need to be remade in some aspect, but they're going to call it a remaster, so there you go. I'd love to see it if it's done that way. Now, <laughs> the obvious fear would be that they would change things and make it into another action RPG that we do not need. We'll just have to wait and see. I don't think that a lot of this stuff is going to happen, but it's interesting. Leaks and rumors are always interesting and fun to talk about. Um, I think Hans was definitely on the same page of... I love this game. I don't want to see it <laughs> done incorrectly as uh, we've seen all too many times, but we'll just have to wait and see what actually ends up happening with it. Rounding out the podcast is going to be the opinion section of the podcast. I know I voiced a few opinions, but this is, we'll give you some facts and then we'll give you some opinions on it. So Tales of Arise has some DLC to it, Okay. And DLC is definitely one of the um, main issues with the game. I didn't really talk about it before, but it is when you're camping, it is, hey, would you like to buy the DLC packs? There's no free DLC. It is all paid for. Um, I speculated that because there is not going to be a sequel and there's not going to be any 
post-game DLC that they're trying to get whatever money they can for during it. It's just a little kind of in-your-face about it. And it's not going over well. But if you ordered one of the non-standard editions, so any of the deluxe or uh, digital deluxe, all those type of things, uh, let's just talk about um, the four costume packs that you're going to get. The Premium, Warring States, School Life, and Beach Time, which, of course, got to have your... Gotta have your swimsuits in JRPGs, just <laughs> kind of thing. So all three editions of the game, of the non-standard edition, come with the premium, premium item pack and premium travel pack, both of which give you a lot of good stuff, like XP boosts, broad discounts on vendors, dozens of herbs like lavender and sage, those are the ones we talked about, permanently increase your stats, hundreds of in-game cooking ingredients, and Half a million gold. At least I didn't change the name of the currency. It's still gold. Um, the writer says, for, for perspective, he's several dozen hours in and has never had more than 30,000. So you got more gold, gold that you can ever use in your playthrough. And herein lies one of the issues. I'm playing this game on normal. And it is not easy. The first boss... I died three times on. It feels like a lot of the, um, especially the boss fights are item uh, depleting events. You, like with the healing gauge, you can replenish that healing gauge with orange gels. You have to do that. You have to, but you can only find those. You can't buy those, at least not, I can't just yet. You're going to use all your apple gels, you know, all your life bottles, which cost a thousand each. Like, I think I had 10,000 last night at one point and I had to buy, you know, all the equipment. That still costs a lot of money. But what they're talking about in particular with this, and which people have a real problem with, is the before with titles, you might get a small boost to your stats. The titles are connected to the skill trees. In this game. So like for instance. Um, each character. I think I've got like. Two or three skill trees open. Through my various gameplay things. Some a little more. Some a little less. But. The more titles you unlock. You get more skills. That's great. I, I kind of like that idea. Now the SP. Is near impossible to get. And takes forever. You got to do all the. The subquests in order to get that. But. With each skill tree. You get one free skill and you have to buy the rest of them. I think there's five on each one. These <laughs> with the DLC, you actually get a few of these titles included. Okay. And in some of these are skills that can pretty much completely change the game. So it's not paid to win type levels. But it's definitely a distinct advantage and makes the game a lot easier. Um, I think Hans even talked about taking it down to story mode, which is basically easy. You just play it for the enjoyment of it. I'm close to it. Not necessarily for difficulty, but just for... It's not... Sometimes it gets a little repetitive and not fun, so it would make the fights a little bit easier. The... Um, I think Jake even talked about that he did purchase one of these 
to give the XP boost because, okay, when I fought the first boss, he he gives you levels. He was level 15 and I was level 10. And I didn't run through it. I leveled up. I tried to get there. The SP is super hard to come by and the XP is super hard to come by. So these boosts not only give you a way to reach levels more attainable and kind of make the game a little fair, but these uh, paid titles give you some outstanding abilities right off the bat, and then you can earn some ones that you cannot get, okay? You cannot get this through the play of the game. It's all exclusive to these DLCs. There's a little bit of pro- problem with that, including, I know Shion has this ability, but one of them is, is KO Prevention. Um, you can get that through the DLC. I think you can get it other ways, but you can get it much earlier, which no matter how hard you get hit, you will always have one HP. And life bottles are a thousand a pop, hard to come by. You can run through those pretty quickly or having to wait on a resurrection spell, which takes up a lot of your CP. (laughs) So there's a big... Big problem going on, not only with the ramming down your throat of you want you need to buy the DLC, but now you've got this other part of it that you kind of need to buy the DLC to make the game more enjoyable and then get perks that are not available in the standard playthrough of the game with the titles and the abilities. Um, I think one particular said that uh, you can get a couple um, arts that are very good to have, that are hard to come by in the game early on by buying this. So in addition to, like I said, all the gold that you could want, all the uh, herbs, the discounts, the XP boosts, it doesn't feel fair. <laughs> um, maybe my opinion will change if when I change this to story mode and see how it plays that way, but I don't know. It... it it's rubbing a lot of people wrong, and I can see why, because it doesn't feel, doesn't sit quite right with me. There's a lot of interesting choices that they've made with this one that are going to divide people. I, it is this game, okay? It feels more like a really great RPG and less like a great JRPG. It's using a bit too much influence from that realm. So I actually think this game is going to have a much wider appeal to RPG fans and will sell very well and actually be received really well. Whereas us hardcore longtime JRPG players are going to nitpick it and find things that we really don't like about it um, that take us out of the entire experience. We're still going to like the experience, but we're not going to love it as much as we could. And I hate to even think like that, but there's a lot going on here that's don't like. Unfortunately, a lot of it's just a part of gaming as usual. Do you guys, you guys remember back in the day, I guess it was PS2, and like the Need for Speed Underground would have billboards for advertisements or burnout. Would have they'd have these advertisements like hidden in the game. And the oh the outrage meter was gone was crazy. Like, oh, how dare they advertising games? Advertising, sales, DLC, it is just a part of these games, and we don't even notice it. Like, I mean, when you're looking at a, a web page now, while there's still 
plenty of content, half the screen is ads. We're just kind of trained not to see them. Um, our eyes can do some pretty amazing things <laughs> when we uh, when we think about it. Um, and they don't see what we don't want them to see. It's pretty incredible. So, yeah, I think that's the end of my rant. I wasn't... I wasn't thrilled to see a lot of this stuff. I want to give the game a lot more of a chance because I do enjoy it. I'm having fun each and every night. I just wish there wasn't so many things in there that that are there. We'll just have to wait. Wait and see how the game pans out. I know I think Han said after the fourth Lord battle that the story really opens up, which I enjoyed the story so far, so I can't kind of wait for that, but... I don't want to feel negative feelings about a game I've been so anticipated for. Maybe I just build it up too much. We're, we're all guilty of that, right? We build things up too much so we're easily let down. But that's going to wrap it up for this week. We're just about pushing an hour, so I think it's about time to stop rambling on. Thank you so much for listening to episode 183. My name is James Fisher. You can check out all the links below to connect with us each and every week. But we'll be back next week with another great podcast. Till then, get back out there. And level up.